you want to learn more about effective management, head over to madsingers.com and sign up for my free management training. Welcome to the Mad Singers Management Podcast from madsingers.com, where entrepreneurs and business managers learn and share. If you like the show, don't forget to leave a review. Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Mad Singers Management Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Dr. Heather Williamson. Welcome, Heather. Thank you for um, allowing me to be one of your infamous guests and provide some wisdom. Fantastic. And as you know, Heather, I always start out with this amazing uh, idea that there is people around the world that don't know who you are. So uh, if you wouldn't mind taking a minute or two and just telling people a little bit about who you are and how you ended up where you are right now and what you do. Absolutely. Um, So actually, I am the owner of Transformation Group. So we're a business consulting firm that uh, really focuses on mid to large size companies. Um, We work with uh, owners, business owners as well. And I actually started doing this when I worked for a company, um, a tobacco company years, well, about 14 years ago, because I've been doing this for about 14 years. And it, I was in sales. And the cool thing is we got to experience a couple of outward bound programs and jumping off high wires and doing ropes courses. Um, I did it, but was not my thing. And uh, what I really enjoyed <clears throat> was the small group work that an industrial organizational psychologist did to facilitate, uh, you know, getting our team more cohesive and getting us to lead more. And so through that experience, I eventually left the company and went back to school and um, got my PhD and have really focused on developing leaders to their full potential by building trust, getting their employees to trust them and holding them accountable. And it's creating that vision where you've got employees that really wanna work for you. And so, been doing that for 14 years and that is my passion it took me a while to find it but we're there awesome and yeah one of my favorite question interviews is like kind of like why you're here right yeah. uh, most most people show up in interviews because they want a job and i want people who don't want a job but people who want to work for me um on my business or whatever, right? So that, exactly. that is actually one of my absolute favorite questions because again, if people are mainly showing up at an interview because they need a job and they need money, that is, uh, in, with some exceptions, I'm sure, but uh, generally that's not a great sign. Yeah. No, you want people who are gonna believe in your vision and help you achieve it and, and they are part of it and they have that same drive and purpose. And, and people always say it's so unfair because everyone needs to make money. And while that is correct, uh, everyone does need some kind of money. Well, most people need money. Um, I, I look at it the other way around. But when, when people say that, you know, their main motivator for the job is the money, they're coming at things from the wrong angle. And that's usually what, I, what I'm not looking for. Right. Because they're not going to stay long with you. They're going to go find somebody else that's going to pay you more money. Exactly, exactly. 
So you mentioned something in the introduction about people and trust and so on. And that's one of my favorite topics in the whole world. Uh, I would say not so much for some of my clients, but uh, definitely something I love talking about and touching on. So I'd I'd love to hear some of your sort of experience and, and some of the things you've learned in terms of people and trust. Absolutely. Well, I think trust is obviously the foundation of any kind of relationship. And so when it comes to trust, people have to be able to know that you are not going to be playing favors, especially when it comes to managing, you know, your employees. And, and they also have to know that you know what the heck you're doing. So they're trusting in that, hey, you're going to lead this company to success and not bankrupt us or um, not play favorites and really have, you have to be authentic and you have to say, hey, you know, Mary Jo, I don't know how to, how to, you know, do this specific piece of the business, but I know you've got the skill set. So I'm trusting in you to kind of help me with this. I mean, because we all can't do everything. And I think that has been, when I've worked with um, family owned businesses, that has been a huge challenge. And because they feel that they have, you know, they started this business, it's their baby and I get it. And, but it's hard for them to let go some of the aspects of it. And so they end up working tons of hours and they are getting stressed out, exhausted, and they're not really utilizing their employees to the best of their ability. And so then their employees are kind of thinking, well, you know, why doesn't, you know, Jim let me do this? And so that has been a huge mindset change for business owners that had started their business. And now all of a sudden they've got employees and now they have to say, oh, this is, I don't need to be doing the accounting or I don't need to be so micromanaging, you know, the marketing that's going on. Yeah, I can overlook it and have my team share what they think is best and why, but let them run with it, you know, and delegate it and empower them. And so that is that trust that from the employee perspective that you're not going to tell me how to do it, tell me when to do it, you know, micromanage every aspect of that task. That makes a lot of sense. And, uh, yeah, how to get out of the rough? Like, if you are micromanaging today, how do you stop doing so? Well, I think that you have to have a little self-awareness of your within yourself. And you have to realize um, and be open to feedback from your team. And so one of the big things that I'm a big promoter of is when you are meeting with your employees, I'm a big proponent of meeting in groups at least once every other week, and then having one-on-ones as well. And then being confident in asking the question, you know, how can I lead you better? Or, you know, what am I doing that is really hindering your ability to do your job effectively? And when you create, you have to also create an environment of that trust. So if they say, well, I wish you would just not hover over me, or I wish you wouldn't ask me 20 times a day, where I am on this project or where I am on this task and, you know, allow them to run with it, but you have to be open to that feedback and accept it. And that is really, I think the start of understanding that you have to be open to delegation 
And delegation, actually, if, if you want to be successful, it is a key part of, in, of your business strategy. Yeah, uh, I mean, and it, it's not just a key part, but it's how you develop your staff, right? And, and mm-hmm. where, where I see most business owners go wrong is the fact that when you aren't developing your staff, what happens is it becomes even harder to delegate to them, right? Right. The, 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 the worst thing, and, and it happens in so many companies all the time, but when you're when you're really pushing, right, and when you're really trying to grow, if if your staff isn't ready, you will have a very difficult time. And how do you get them ready? Well, you know, the only way to get people ready is practice. And mm-hmm. they need to they need to go through the experience of doing things. And it's not like a lot of time people like, yeah, give them three months or whatever, but slow growth happens all the time, right? And it's often very much driven by not having uh, capable, ready people available to actually benefit from the opportunities your company have. And then exactly. it, ha- it happens exactly. all the time. And it's one of those things that um, it's very easy for people to look at it and be like, oh, yeah, that's not what I should be doing. But the challenge is that... Um, I mean, the actual step of doing it, the actual step of delegation or delegating something specific is not necessarily that easy, right? And it is one of those things where you need to make sure that you, from a business standpoint, that you're capable of actually letting go, right? And it it comes with practice, right? Like there's only one way to learn and that's by actually doing it, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Take, you know, baby steps. And when you delegate, you also have to make sure that you know your people well enough to know what they're really good at. So their strengths and and what they're not good at. And so sometimes it's just delegating a, a, a little task that you're thinking, all right, you know, this is taking a lot of my time up as a boss. And really, I don't need to be doing this. I should be focusing on strategy, you know, where, what opportunities are out there in the environment that I work in and in the environment that I am, my product is, is being offered or my services are being offered. And when you do that, then you can really focus more on that rather than those little time sucking tasks, such as, you know, responding to some emails that could be delegated out or, or, you know, doing a little task, decision-making tasks and focusing on the things that are really important, but, you know, you got to get your confidence up that, Hey, Mary's going to do what I need her to do. So start small and then you'll see her success. Definitely. Definitely. So what, with the companies you work with, what, what do you typically see people do and, and what's the best sort of strategy that you have found in terms of trying to better the status quo, if you will? Well, the companies that I've worked with, um, the small companies that I've worked with, the biggest challenge has been them holding their team members accountable. And I know sometimes, and it's so funny because I'll go into a, a company and I'll work with the business owner and I'm going to say, I'm going to tell you right now, 
there's going to be a change in what you're doing. And some people are going to like it and some people are not going to like it. And so you have to be open to that happening because you're going to probably have a couple of people leave. And, you know, it's kind of that, what was that book? Um, you know, get on the bus. So you got to figure out what people are, you know, in the right seats. And when it, when it comes to businesses and business owners, especially ones that have moved up in the family business. So now the son is taking over and he's got people he used to work with. Um, and I'm thinking of a client right now that I had, and he was, you know, doing things that his dad did and it wasn't working. I mean, his, his, the employees, some specific employees that I can think of, they just, they didn't want to do the work and he was letting them get away with it. And I'm like, no, you can't do that if you want to keep this business and pass it on to your children. You've got to start holding your, your employees accountable. Yeah, totally, totally. So that, that's very much uh, about trust. What, what is the best strategy for you in actually holding people accountable? Like, like what do you do if you have an expectation to someone of them delivering uh, something and they aren't? What, what is the right steps, in your opinion, to salvage that? Um, well, you, it needs to be addressed immediately. You can't keep putting it off because what happens is the coworkers of that particular employee is seeing that you're not addressing it and they are seeing that they're going to be perceiving you as weak as a boss. So the, yep. beha- the behavior, and that's what you have to focus on is beha- behavior, not personality, because the behavior is what you're trying to change. Yep. And it, it's got to be addressed immediately. So a one-on-one conversation and you need to find out why it's happening as well. So the second step would be finding out why. So it could be a lack of knowledge, or maybe they don't really have the skill set for that particular task. And is it something that they can actually get training on, but identify, you know, why it's happening? And then what's the solution to it? You know, does this person need more training? Do they need a mentor? Do they need to gain some more knowledge on that particular, let's say, product or service? And once that is done and they start get that get that implemented, then there needs to be follow-up. And this is, I think, where a lot of bosses kind of fail. They just kind of say, okay, well, go take this training class or work with Mary Jo on how to, you know, do, you know, respond to these customers appropriately. And there's no follow-up. So the employee is thinking, well, you know, my boss doesn't really care because, you know, there, he never said anything else about it. So I must be doing okay. Yeah. So follow-up is key and it needs to be on the calendar. You can't just say, hey, well, let's touch base in a couple of weeks. No, let's touch base next Friday at 1 p.m. Yeah. And then, then they can talk about what's been happening since then where that employee is still struggling or maybe what successes have been happening. And then, you know, it needs to be part of that, schedule that performance schedule until that employee you know is confident that they can uh move on yeah totally sounds good sounds good and and uh, particularly with accountability one of the things that i always see sort of people get wrong is probably not the right word but 
but they they really hesitate to follow up and they're like they're, they're very good at making excuses on behalf mm-hmm. of people of why they didn't hit the goal and they're like oh yeah but you know i know i understand why it wasn't hit because this happened and this happened and this happened so one of the first and very very valuable lessons that i learned was that you definitely definitely need to make sure that you um you you keep people in a situation where if they don't hit the goal, it needs to be addressed. Now, there is definitely stuff that can happen and there's reason that can happen for people not being able to deliver a certain goal or a certain task, right? That is a possibility. But in in the end of the day, it's, it's always important to make sure that, you know, people are clear that you're not happy with the performance. Right. right. Because if you just get over it and you're like, hey, yeah, yeah, you know, it's okay because this happened or that happened. If you do that, then you basically you're basically ending up neglecting your own power, your own role power, right? And and just putting yourself in a situation where you're you're not gonna get not just the respect, but you're not gonna get the the value from the employees in the future, right? Because people, believe it or not, people want to be held accountable. People they actually, do. Like I people know. They who come it, to work, they want to do a good job. Yeah. Right? And there's plenty of studies out there that shows that they they see that their managers aren't doing this and they're not happy about it. Yeah. Exactly. So, and so when you're, you know, when you're holding people accountable, you have to set, you have to be giving clear direction and clear expectations. Yeah. And that's part of the problem is that they're not getting that. So they don't really know what to focus on and, uh, what deadlines are. I mean, they might be like a moving deadline, but hey, what's the drop dead date? Yeah, definitely. Excellent. So my next question, which is one of my absolute favorites, is what what is the biggest management mistake that you have ever made? That I have ever made? That would be be, um, thinking that I can do it all. Because I, I, the reason I am so um, adamant about delegating is because I have been there, <laughs> and uh, and you can't do it all. I mean, technology. I mean, I have I have had you know virtual assistants. I've had several virtual assistants because they've kind of moved on and done other things, and then I'm kind of left holding the bag. All right, well, I still need to get my technology, you know, marketing done or you know this kind of stuff. And I will tell you right now, I am not technologically um, savvy. (laughs) So, I mean, it's a challenge for me. And for me to take the time to learn it, it, it's a time sucker. And so I know just from, you know, what I coach people on, what I advise people on, you've got to find people that excel in what you don't. Yes. So make up your team of people that have the skill sets that are going to help you, you know, drive your business and utilize them to their ability. And uh, yeah, don't try well, to I, do it. One of the things I did, uh, and I've actually done it twice, believe it or not, but uh, I, I end up in the situation, I've always been very, very conscious of my own strengths and weaknesses. And, and twice I found myself in a business where I hired people who were good at all the stuff I wasn't good at, but mm-hmm. I didn't hire someone who could actually do the stuff I was good at. Uh, so 
again, I was often like a couple of times I've been left holding the bag because I was like, I've been so busy hiring people who, who complement my, my weaknesses, right. Or, or can do the things that I'm not good at, but uh, I always forgotten or I've always left it to way too late to actually hire the person who can do the stuff that I am good at. Right. right. Because when you're moving out of the business, when you're when you're going to spend less time in a business, you definitely need someone in there who has not just hired yesterday, who is ready to move into that role. And uh, yeah, that's definitely a mistake I've made a couple of times. And uh, I hope I won't make it again. But uh, you never know. Yes. Well, keep a little, uh, you know, little piece of paper up on your wall or something and <laughs> make that one of your mantras. <laughs> Yeah, what, what I'm trying now when I when I build businesses now, I'm trying not to do anything from the beginning. So yeah, uh, the, the the beautiful thing with already having an amazing team is that when when we build businesses now, when I start a new company or something, you know, I I can hire people to do everything from the beginning, and I don't really need to be the main driver behind it and so on. And that that makes it uh, a lot easier not to make that mistake. So absolutely, and it's re- that's really important when also when it comes to growth. Yes. The more employees you add, the more responsibilities and roles that you've got. And they need to, some of those need to focus on the business owner's strengths. Yeah. Totally. Totally. So other great topics. Um, I, I think it, it's very interesting, like particularly sort of handing over responsibility and, and delegation, right? Um, I mean, obviously to be able to do that, you need to hire the right people in the first place or at least work significantly with the staff you have, right? So what right. sort of your strategies, what are the things you have learned around recruitment and, and hiring that, that you feel is, is worth sharing with, with our amazing audience? Well, when it comes to hiring, I'm a big proponent on attitude. And, you know, some jobs obviously require some skill sets and knowledge. I mean, I'm not an engineering firm, so I don't need to have somebody that's, you know, a CAD expert. Um, but if it is a business or a role that you're hiring, hiring within or hiring for, then attitude has a huge impact because it's going to impact the team. And if you hire someone who is maybe a, seems like a really great fit, I mean, they've got the knowledge, they've got the skills, but their attitude pretty much sucks. It's going to kill the the vibe you know the motivation of everybody else and and so i i'm a strong believer that some skill sets they can be taught and knowledge company knowledge is going to be taught obviously once you start working and get them onboarded but yeah i'm just a, I'm, i want someone who is motivated who's happy who comes in you know with a smile on their face and is just always wanting to learn and wanting to try new things and um, has just that inner, you know, inner motivation, that intrinsic drive to, to do better. Yep. That's uh, that. I mean, I, I think for most people and, and most recruiters in particular, like when, when it comes to recruitment, right, it's attitude trumps skills so much, yeah. right? Uh, obviously you still want people who are capable, but in the end of the day, like, attitude can make up for so much right and it's exactly. one of those things that you, you don't want to go wrong with it right because uh, as i always say like one wrong person one wrong hire can hurt your your business so much right yeah 
And then, um, and then if you're the boss and you let that person just drag everybody down and then you finally, this has happened in a lot of, in several businesses that I've met, uh, business owners that I've worked with, the team actually comes up to them afterwards and say, hey, why, why did it take you so long to get rid of that employee? And then once they did, you know, they, the team just changed in a good way. Yep. And that's, it's great when you have a team that does that, right? Like uh, it's so amazing when you have a team of top performers who want to do great, want to do well, right? It's, um, it's really a, it's such a pleasure to work with, but it's so great to actually see that people standing up, that people want the best for the company, right? And that's, mm-hmm. it's always one of the favorite things that I love when I'm, when I'm seeing, when I'm, when I'm growing businesses and when I'm seeing people grow, right? Like that's, if I can pick one thing, that's definitely, uh, definitely in the top for me. It's yeah. a good thing. <laughs> definitely, definitely. So any, any other sort of challenges? I mean, you, you've built uh, your own sort of business and coaching up over the years. So any other things that you have sort of seen that, you know, you've been, any challenges you've seen that, you know, you feel is, is good learning material for others? I think, um, especially with this last year and almost, you know, a little over a year with, the whole COVID um, lockdowns, at least here in the, in the States, in, has been the awareness of being flexible and having to be open-minded and um, to, to doing things differently. And I think we get stuck in a routine a lot of times because it's comfortable or we, it's working, but then when something out of the ordinary happens, then we get kind of lost. And I know for myself, you know, I've had to pivot and, and, you know, I've had to, to market differently. And I know there's some companies also that have, you know, are doing the same thing. I'm just thinking about the restaurant industry. I mean, you know, they are now at least here. I don't, you know, I don't know about the Philippines where you are, but you know they created outdoor space for dining because they couldn't have indoor space. Uh, they had curb service pickup on on meals. So you have to be able to think outside the box and pivot when you see things changing in your um, business environment. And it's it's really it was a you know a really change of mindset hugely. Definitely, definitely. And I, I mean, I, I love when companies do that. I love when you see companies that just step up their game and really think outside the box. And uh, it, for me, at least, it's such a pleasure to, to, uh, to watch and, and to experience, right? And, and so many companies have done so many really cool and fun things and they've really found ways of getting the most out of a shitty situation and and for me that's what like an absolutely amazing team that's the one thing they do right when you have a team who've been grown who've developed who uh, it's that creativity it's it's that like finding ways to get the most out of these horrible situations right that right. is for me that's the number one and and i think many many people often 
don't understand necessarily what it actually takes, right? A lot of time people don't, like when, when, when you look at uh, sort of developing that kind of um, higher level thinking and that higher level strategy, like it's easy for people to think, oh, well, you know, you just tell people to do it, but it's not like that kind of uh, sort of the ability to invent and ability to come up with new things come from managers who are actually able and capable of, um, of, of growing their team, of pushing their team consistently, right? Like yeah. that's what it takes. And, and if you're not pushing your team, they will not develop, they will not grow and they will not like, particularly for goals. I mean, goal setting is one of the big things for me, right? And if you set people impossible goals, if you, if you force your staff to think outside the box that way, you typically end up with results that you never expect, right? In a positive manner, so. Yeah, kind of asking that hypothetical, what if, and then yeah. just run with it. Definitely. Mm-hmm. So. Awesome. <laughs> well, Heather, that have been a fantastic conversation. Uh, lots of fun talking with you. If people uh, want to get to know more about you or, interested just in general about you or your business, what's the best way of getting hold of you? Uh, well, I have a company website, which is transformationgroupllc.com. I also have a YouTube channel, which I created during this last, uh, last part of last year, which is Dr. Heather Williamson, where I share leadership tips. And um, you can always contact me directly at my email, which is drheather at transformationgroupllc.com. Awesome, Heather. Thank you very, very much. Uh, and yeah, great conversation and awesome to talk to. And for the audience, we'll be back again next week. Thank you very much for listening so far. Thank you very much, Jonathan. Thank you for listening to the Mad Singers Management Podcast. Please leave a review. It means the world to us. You can also learn more about management at madsingers.com.